Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Easy Peasy Show brought to you by Sonic. You can listen to every episode of the Easy Peasy Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or anywhere else you usually listen to your podcast on. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Easy Peasy Show. Once again, I am Zach here with my co-host, Peyton, and we have an exciting hey UFC 294 card coming up. Early start time. And um, as it dawned on me and Peyton earlier today, um, yes, this, this is a uh, international card. I believe it's going to be somewhere um, uh, over the pond, somewhere in the either the Middle East or Russia. I can't really remember. Um, Abu Dhabi. Yeah, so I, w- I want to say it's a, yeah, the Fight Island or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, uh, should be exciting there. So we'll talk about that in a bit. We'll give us uh, give you all our predictions. We'll cover college football and NFL coming up this weekend as well. We'll cover all of that here. Coming up soon, um, I guess, Peyton, if you're ready, we can roll right into the yeah UFC predictions. Um, I can roll through the prelims because I think we both have similar thoughts on that. And there's really not too um, – really good card, by the way. But, uh, you know, I don't want to waste too much time here talking about the prelims whenever there's a really good main card. Uh, if that's okay with you, I can just – I can kind of roll through it. I guess I'm pretty sure we share the same opinions anyway. Yep, I'm good with that. Uh, and, yeah uh, – as Zach said earlier, uh, hopefully you didn't make plans for Saturday night for the UFC event like we did, um, and then realize, oh wait, <laughs> it's during it's the day now. <laughs> uh, Dawned on us way too late, but um, we had plans lined up with some other people, and <laughs> turns out they can't they can't come anymore. So. After they realized it's at one yeah or one central time, the main card at least, which means the prelims by the way start at nine a.m. So, I mean, yeah, if you're, uh, yep, exactly. So, if you're, um, you know, you have ESPN Plus, you're up, you have nothing else to do, yeah, go tune into the UFC. Uh, pretty good prelim card here. Um, I'll just roll right into it. Uh, a lot of Russians fighting, so a lot of hard names. So, um, you know, forgive me if I mispronounce their names, but we'll roll right into it anyways. Um, to start us off with, I think this is a really good fight to start off the um, the whole event. And I'm kind of surprised this fight shows up this early because I recognize the name Bruno Silva. And I was, I was like, this dude's the first fight. Like, if this dude's fighting in the first fight on the prelims, then, like, this this card is stacked. But I think, I don't know. I don't know why he's fighting first when some other fights should be, well, fighting first. Anyways, um, Sharbunin Magomedov, uh, minus 290 favorite. By the way, these odds are via DraftKings from Thursday morning. So chances are these odds have changed as money pours in on one fight or the other. Uh, anyways, Sharabutin Magomedov, minus 290 favorite going up against Bruno Silva, a plus 235 dog. Yeah, so I like, uh, I taped Magomedov earlier. I kind of like what I saw. This will be his UFC debut, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, when I was watching, dude's dude's got a lot of power behind his strikes. Uh, he's a very good technical striker, and uh, I mean that's that's all I really had to say about him because uh, what is he? I think he's like eleven and zero or something, and ten of his wins have come from knockout, and the other one has just been decision, obviously. But uh, he's undefeated eleven and zero in his professional career, and like I said, ten of his wins come via knockout. Uh, pretty scary power. Uh, Bruno Silva been in the UFC uh, a long while, like I said, recognizable name. He's fought much better competition. Um, but I will say, uh, this is a guy who's fought Alex Pereira, by the way, a, a name who, that is very familiar, especially, um, recently in the UFC, but I will say after he fought Alex Pereira, he just hasn't, I guess, been the same. Uh, I know when he first got into the UFC, dude was like a household name. He was really good. 
he was like, you know, like making quick work. I say quick work, but he was making it look easy, I should say, against competition. But like I say, he fought Alex Pereira and just hasn't been the same. Um, I can't remember who else he's fought, but I'm not going to get into that. Uh, like I said, he just looks sluggish. Uh, you know, he hasn't been knocked out, but boy, he's been getting rocked a lot and he gets subbed a lot, you know, club and sub. So yeah, anyways, it's uh, a guy with the power of Magomedov. It's hard for me not to pick him. So yeah, I got Magomedov winning via knockout in the second round. Uh, moving on to the next fight. Uh, women's MMA, thankfully the only women's MMA on the card. No offense to women. There's just a, uh, it's just a competition thing, and it's just I don't, you know, I I can never trust women's MMA. Uh, Misogyny at its finest. Yes, exactly. I love it. But regardless, moving on to this fight, we have Victoria uh, Dudakova, a minus five thirty five favorite, one of the biggest favorites on the card, going to be Zinu Fry, a plus four hundred dog. Now. Uh, the main note I have here is that this is one of those fights that I feel like the UFC sets up to perhaps specifically help a certain fighter look good. Uh, you know, not um, you know, nothing's guaranteed. <laughs> nothing's guaranteed in the UFC. Um, you know, but um, yeah, there's a reason Jin Yu Fry is a plus four hundred dog. Um, her cardio sucks, which is, which is crazy. Cause she has, she has no volume in her strikes. Um, now on top of that, she's super small for the division. I think she used to fight at the division below straw weight, which is like Adam weight or something like that. Um, anyways, super small, um, 11 and nine, not impressive at all from what I was um, able to watch what I unfortunately had to watch. Uh, but for what it's worth, she can defend takedowns, kind of. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, Victoria Dudakova, uh, yeah, she's got a little bit of a hype train going uh, going behind her. She's not the best on the feet, but she's good at takedowns, and she just looks better and better uh, lately. So, yeah, give me uh, Dudakova to win via decision. I don't think either fighter has the ability to finish the other fighter, but I do think Dudakova's, um, like I said, there's levels to this, Genu Free. Uh, I'm sorry, Fry is kind of on the, you know, back end of her career, while Dudakova is, you know, on her way up. So, yeah, give me Dudakova to win via decision in the second fight of the night, of the morning, having a look at it. Moving on to the third fight, um, another um, familiar name, in Nathaniel Wood, um, going up against uh, Muhammad Namayev, uh, Naimov, whatever, another Russian, not going to try and pronounce his name correctly. But uh, yeah, Wood a minus three twenty five favorite. I know, shocking. Uh, not the the Russian isn't the favorite, but uh, Naimov a plus two sixty dog. Uh, yeah. So oh, once again, we're a little bit more familiar with Nathaniel Wood, or at least I am. Um, yeah, he's got a lot of volume, great power in the strikes, um, and on top of that, he's got good wrestling. Uh, you know, there's really not too many question marks for me with Nathaniel Wood, other than his durability. Uh, outside of the UFC, he's been finished quite a few times. Uh, I don't think he's been finished in the UFC yet, but he does get dropped almost every single fight, or at least a fight going up against people with power. Um, so, you know, that really worries me with Nathaniel Wood. Now, you may be wondering, why well, I mean, oh, is he minus 325 favorite? Well, I kind of said, like, it just um, being a guy of his stature, being able to have his volume and the power to go along with the volume, it's um, pretty remarkable. And, um, yeah, Naimov, uh, he has a good chin, right? Um, and he has good cardio, so I don't think 
I think he can get finished. I don't think it's going to happen, though. And, uh, I mean, for like I said, for what... I don't know. This dude This dude isn't a good fighter, I don't think. Um, you know, I think he's got a little bit of a... Um, I think he's got a little, little, little bit of a... Um, sorry, my dog just came into my room. Anyways. Uh, what now? He, he just arrived in my room. He's walking around now. I don't know what he's doing. Hey, buddy. Um, yeah, anyways, Muhammad Namayev, um, I say he's 92, but I think his record is, 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 is more or less a result of him fighting lesser competition. Um, does he have the capacity to beat Nathaniel Wood? I mean, I guess, I mean, he can, like I said, Nathaniel Wood has a really, he's, I said, his chin isn't all the best. So I don't know. Uh, anyways, I'll wrap it up here. I got, uh, I got Wood winning via decision. Um, I think as long as his chin holds up, he's just going to look like the superior fighter all around. Um, like I said, he's Namayov, uh, he's not that good of a wrestler. And I think Wood is a good wrestler. So I think for what it's worth, Wood can get this down on the ground and just essentially win minutes. And like I said, as long as he doesn't get knocked out, I think even on the feet, he um, he's a superior fighter. So yeah, give me Nathaniel Wood to win via decision. Um, moving on to our next fight here, we got Mike Breeden, a plus 225 dog going against uh, Ashul Jubilee, a minus 278 favorite. Um, so yeah, another one of the one another one of these fights. Like I said, most of these fights are going to be pretty chalky. Um, by that I mean, you know, the favorites the favorite for a reason. They're um pretty big favorite. So yeah, uh, Jubilee seven and zero in his professional career. Uh, this will be his second fight in the UFC after defeating uh, Saragi via uh, ground and pound in his last fight, which was several months ago. Can't remember when exactly. Anyways, um, yeah, Jubilee's kind of riding a hype train here. Mike Breeden, on the other hand. Um, completely defeated in the UFC, has yet to uh, scratch a win in the UFC. He's 10 and 6 in his professional career. Uh, he was doing okay before he came into the UFC, but uh, he just hasn't been able to put it together. Um, I don't, you know, it, it's, I don't know. I, I'm really not a big fan of Mike Breeden. Like I said, he hasn't won in the UFC. Uh, durability, big question mark. Uh, he's been getting finished left and right recently, and I don't, I don't think his takedown defense is the best either. Uh, why I mentioned that is because Jubilee, um, he's been mixing in the takedowns really well lately. Uh, and on top of that, he actually has good ground control. So if he gets you down, uh, for the most part, he's going to be able to control you. And on top of that, he's been mixing in the ground and pound lately to go along with it. So um, like I said, he, if he takes you down, you're kind of in for you know a rude awakening. Uh, so I have to imagine this fight probably plays out something like Jubilee. You know, uh, I think on the, on the feet, it's a little bit more even, a little bit more competitive. And that's why the odds are a little bit closer than what they should be, in my opinion. Um, like I, see, I see Jubilee going for takedowns, and I see him being able to land the takedowns. I see him being, uh, putting in work on the ground against Breeden. Uh, Breeden's pretty much going to be defenseless on the ground. Uh, I think, you know, if Jubilee doesn't finish it, he definitely wins by decision. So, yeah, I get Jubilee winning via third-round knockout or TKO, I should say. I think he probably finishes on the ground one way or the other, and I favor the knockout a little bit more. Um, moving right on to our next fight, we have Abu Azatar, a plus one ninety five dog, going up against Adrike Dumas, a plus two thirty eight favorite. All right, now this is one of those fights that I was looking at, and I was like, you know, the the, the name Sajike Dumas was familiar to me, but for no reason that was good. Uh, what from what I can remember about this guy, you know, he was just. You know, not awful, man, but he's he's not the greatest fighter. Um, definitely not the um, 
I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know. There's not much good to just say about this guy. Uh, before it's worth, he's an active fighter at least, um, and he's he's typically the bigger guy in the octagon. He'll definitely be the bigger guy going against Azatar. Um, I think he throws with a lot of volume, so he's got that going for him. But uh, you know, he's going up against uh, a guy whose name I I didn't recognize, and so I had to kind of look him up for for. I had to look him up for a long while because uh, this dude, Azatar, who has fought twice in the past seven years, and his last win, which I think was seven years ago, was an ugly win. It wasn't even pretty. It wasn't even, you know, dominant. I mean, it was nothing of the sort. Um, yes, I mean, the dude's like 30, I think. Let, let me let me check really, really quick here. I want to say he's 37. Yeah, 37, seven months old. Dude, he's old. He hasn't fought in five years. Um, and he likes that he's only fought twice in seven years. Uh, I, I did do some research though. He was, I think he was getting suspended left and right, which kind of explained a little bit of the absences. Uh, and for what it's worth, I think in his, in his fights, uh, the only thing he's got going for him is his power. Like I said, in the first round, he's going to be scary, but then after that, it, he's done for his cardio is going to fail him probably. Um, yeah, so I don't know. This is an ugly fight. One, you can probably, you know, like get up, walk around, stretch, do what you got to do to sit down for the rest of the fights. I got Dumas winning via third round knockout. I'm not excited about the pick, but I just, I can't, you can't comfortably pick a guy like Azatar winning this fight. Like I said, two fights in seven years. Um, you know me, I, I hate, I hate whenever fighters are inactive unless, you know, you're like John Jones or something. And, um, it really scares me and being that inactive. Whew, yeah. Forget about it. Uh, moving on, we have Javad Basharat, a minus 575 favorite gun against Victor Henry, plus 425 dog. Um, yeah, so Basharat, another guy with a hype train behind him, 14 and 0. Um, you know, and every single fight he's been, um, I'm sorry, every fight he looks better and better and better. I will say his competition isn't the greatest, but for what it's worth, he still looks good against the lesser competition, which, you know, you don't want to see fighters fighting down to the competition. You want to see them, you know, take advantage of the lesser competition. Uh, if the UFC keeps throwing you these guys, then you do what you do. Um, he's a guy who has great, uh, good takedowns, good ground control. You know, he gets you down on the ground. He's going to keep you there. He's good on the feet. Uh, his striking's getting better and better. Uh, Victor Henry, now, um, you know, he's he's a weird guy. Being plus 425, I think that's that's a little egregious. Uh, I think, you know, I think he should be the underdog. I'm going to be wrong, and I don't think it should the odds should be close, but I don't think this should be this far apart. Uh, but then again, you just never know with Victor Henry. You know, watching his fights, you know, I think the first fight I watched it, I was like, man, this dude looks good. Um, I think he'd have a shot against Bostra. Like, a plus 425 is really interesting. And then I watched another fight, and he was awful. I mean, worse than awful. And then I watched the next fight, and he was good again. And then I watched the next fight, awful again. So I don't know. Uh, dude's inconsistent at best, which is, you know, uh, not great in the UFC. But for what it's worth, he's at least he's looking good as, like, a huge underdog from what I noticed. Um, the better the competition, the better he plays. Uh, I'm sorry, the better he fights. Um, you know, he gets taken down pretty easily in every single fight, but people can keep him there. Um, you know, like it's the old adage, people just say, oh, well, just stand up. And that's pretty much what he does. He's like Derek Lewis. Uh, he just stands up, does what he has to do. Um, you know, Henry, um, he's never been finished. He has good cardio and throws with a lot of volume. Uh, like I said, it's going to look good to the judges. Like I said, I think this fight is closer than what the odds say. Um, but I think Boshrat should be able to dictate pretty much how and where this fight takes place, whether, you know, he keeps it on the feet, 
you know, and, you know, let's Victor Henry just throw his little heart out, whatever. I don't know. I think Basharat's just the superior fighter uh, almost everywhere. So, but I, I foresee Basharat, God, he's probably going to be going for takedowns. And I think, you know, he should be able to keep Henry locked down a little bit more. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I got Basharat winning via decision. Moving on to the next fight, we have Muhammad Yaha going up against Trevor Peak. Uh, closest fight on the card, uh, plus 140 for Yaha and minus 166 favorite for Peak. So, yeah, um, I'm a big fan of Trevor Peak. Uh, I would admit I had to kind of, I had to kind of do some of my research on Yaya, and I was wondering why because uh, this is his UFC debut. Uh, Trevor Peak uh, made his way into the UFC via Contender Series about a year ago, maybe a little over a year ago. Anyways, um, so yeah, from the what I was watching from Yaya, uh, he's been in some longer fights. Uh, he so he's got solid cardio and he's got good durability. On the feet, he's okay. I wouldn't say he's um great. I'd say he's good at best. And um, watching the competition he's fought, they seem kind of lost in there. So I'm not going to say this dude's fought good competition. He's looked good. But um, I mean, he's looked serviceable against good against, um, you know, decent competition. Uh, whenever this dude loses, it comes inside the distance. That's key because uh, Trevor Peak, uh, his name's familiar. You've probably seen highlights of him. Uh, you know, even if his name doesn't sound familiar, maybe once you see highlights, you'll understand why he's a little bit familiar. This dude, he's one of those wild cards in the UFC who, you know, has no technique, uh, doesn't care, you know, like I said, how or when he throws, he just throws. Uh, he throws these wild shots when you least expect it. He, he'll catch people, you know, out of nowhere. He's got a crazy power. And um, like I said, even though I don't typically like the fighters that don't have technique, he, he at least uses it to his advantage, which is good. Um, he has great cardio, considering his volume is off the charts and his technique is just, you know, it's it's crazy. He's not throwing out a shoulder every other strike. Um, he's one of those guys who will eat a punch to throw a punch, and whenever he eats a punch, he just smiles at you and just keeps advancing. Um you know, I don't think he's a complete fighter. You know, I still think he has to work on his ground game and everything, pretty much everything else other than his striking. But, boy, he's exciting to watch. So, yeah, um, I said Yaya's been finished within the distance. Uh, every time he loses, I think it happens again here. I got Trevor Peak winning via second-round knockout. Uh, yeah, I think I, said, I think Trevor Peak's going to be able to, like I said, just kind of um, keep him guessing with this with this wild card, you know, technique that he has. And like I said, it's um, unlike anything Yaya's fight uh, fought before. So I think he's going to be able to catch him off guard, at least, at least, you know, a couple of strikes here and there. Uh, moving on to our main prelim. What's it called? Future prelim, I believe, is the uh, proper terminology. Tim Elliott, plus 330 dog, going against Muhammad Mikhaev, plus 425 favorite. Uh, yeah, so I got Mikhaev winning here via third-round submission. Uh, he's just an excellent grappler. grappler. Uh, he's been just rolling through his competition. Much younger guy. Tim Elliott, uh, you know, UFC veteran. Uh, you know, he's fought the more experienced fighters. He likes to wrestle and grapple, but he just he makes mistake after mistake in his fights. Um, you know, he'll throw stupid strikes or he'll just do stupid moves on the ground that just ends up to him getting submitted. Um, and like I said, you, the moment you do that against Mikhaev, it's it's over for you. So, yeah, I got uh, Mikhaev taking advantage um, of one of the t- classic Tim Elliott mistakes and getting a submission. I got him doing it in the third round. I think he's going to wear him down the first two rounds, and when Elliott's tired, uh, makes a mistake. McKayev's going to move in and get a submission. Um, so we'll move on here to our main card coverage. Let's see. Yep, and this is a main card that I can't wait for. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's um got some big names on here, a lot of Russian names. Like I said, it is what it is. It's their time to shine, it seems like it at least. And um we'll just roll right into it. I'll get us kicked off here with who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Sorry, let me get it. Saeed, Saeed Nurmagomedov, Nurmagomedov. against Mouin Gafarov. Uh Nurmagomedov, a minus two eighteen favorite. Uh and Gafarov, a plus one eighty dog. Um, yeah, so uh, we all, I uh, will say, uh, I'm just going to pretend like we don't, we all don't know who Saeed Nurmagomedov is. Um, anyways, um, he's a very technical fighter all the way around. Um, I don't think he really lacks in one, um, one area, I guess, if you will, more than the other. Uh, you know, he's one of those fighters, obviously a Russian, you know, you don't, you try not to grapple with him, but there's only so much you can do. Um, he loves his front chokes. He's very, he's a very technical kickboxer. Um, or really, I, sh- I should say he's more into the Taekwondo because he likes to use the spinning attacks a lot. Um, you know, he's one of the more interesting Russians to watch. Uh, let me look at his record here. Well, I'm assuming he's, I think this is the guy who lost to, yeah, he lost to Martinez recently. Uh, Jonathan Martinez is the uh, via unanimous decision. But uh, Gafurov, I think, will be a little bit of a step down in competition for Nemagomedov compared to what he's been fighting recently. Uh, he's one of these guys who looks – he's pretty sloppy on the feet. And he makes simple mistakes all the time that lead to him, just like Tim Elliott. And, uh, it leads to him being hit. Uh, but for what it's worth, uh, he's got good power behind his uh, behind his strikes. Uh, he gets rocked. Uh, he gets rocked a whole lot. But he hasn't been finished. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. This is an interesting fight. Uh, I think, you know, the odds mm, – I think they 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 favor Nurmagomedov for a good reason. Uh, so I think he's just a little bit more well-rounded. He doesn't make as many mistakes. He's not going to make as many mistakes as, as uh, Gafarov, I should say. So, yeah, I think um, I got Nurmagomedov winning via second-round submission. I think, uh, like I said, Gafarov is just going to start getting tired, uh, make a simple mistake, and Nurmagomedov is probably going to, you know, look for, like, his little standing guillotine or his front choke, whatever he likes to do. Oh uh, yeah, so oh uh, yeah, one for the Russians in the main card. Yeah, I definitely have to agree. I mean, the last name Nurmagomedov ought to speak volumes to everybody listening. I mean, it's become a a celebrity type of name in uh, MMA ever since you know the the Habib, of course. Um, yeah, and it's more the same, just a suffocating. Uh, ground game. I think both of these guys are pretty comfortable on the ground, and I feel like that typically leads to um, a lot of standing. Uh, like they'll they'll stand it up because mm-hmm. you know neither wants to get the other in their comfort area. And I think um, I think Saeed's just gonna basically pick him up, pick him apart. Um, so I have him winning by decision. Yep, and I understand why. And um, yeah. I don't want to talk too much more about it. We'll move on to the next fight. We have Ikram, uh, I'm sorry, Ikram Alskarov, a minus 625 favorite. Uh, I think he's the biggest favorite on the card. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, going against Warley Alves, a plus 455 dog. Um, yeah, I don't have too many notes on this fight. Uh, like I said, um, Alskarov, pretty big favorite for a reason. 14-1, uh, fresh into the UFC. Uh, and like he's fighting some really good competition. Like he said, he knocked out Phil Hawes uh, not too long ago, and that was his first fight outside of the Contender Series. Um, like I said, he's looking good, 30 years old. Um, I think he's you know creeping up to his prime. Um, you know, this is also 
I mentioned it earlier, but this also feels like another one of those fights that possibly the UFC has set up to make a particular fighter look better. Um, and it definitely ain't Warley Alves. Uh, Alves is coming in on short notice. He's coming up a weight class. On top of that, his cardio has always been questionable. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, I, I straight up mean suspect cardio. Watching fights on this dude, he, you know, his cardio looks great in some fights and just terrible in other fights for no reason. And I have to assume that, you know, coming in on short notice and up a weight class, that his cardio is going to be on the bad side, this go around. And uh, so it's part of the reason why his cardio can look bad is just because he, he always comes out hot in the first round. And because of that, he seems to gas out in the second round. And he's been finishing the second round quite often, uh, more often, more often than any fighter I've seen. So, um, yeah, I got Alaskarov winning via second round knockout. I think Alaskarov's got really good volume and good power. Uh, on top of that, he's good on the ground. I think I think Alaskarov can finish this fight however he wants to, but I just got him winning via knockout. Uh, I think regardless, it probably comes in the second round. Yeah, like you said, um, Actually, I was literally thinking this before, right before you said it. But Askarov is gonna finish this fight however he freaking wants to, whether it be in the air, on the mm-hmm. ground, up on the feet, it don't matter. He's it's gonna be Askarov by pure domination. Uh, he has obviously he has the grappling and the wrestling advantage, but he also has a, a significant striking advantage as well. He can pick uh he can pick him apart. He can he can he can fight from range. He can get in his face. He can. It's just not going to be a fun mm-hmm. fight for uh for his opponent. So Alves. <clears throat> so yeah, Askarov by complete and utter domination. He'll end up getting the finish. Yep, that's um keeping count. That's uh two and zero for the Russians so far in the main card. Moving on to our third fight with Magomed Ankleyev going up against Johnny Walker. Ankleyev, Ankleyev, I should say, minus three seventy five favorite Walker at plus two ninety five dog. Um, and I was talking to Peyton about this fight before we even hopped on. Um, you know Johnny Walker. He's a he's a he's a household name because he's kind of exciting to watch, or at least outside the UFC. This dude's very uh, charismatic. I think is a good word, um, one of a kind. Uh, just in the octagon, he's 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 weird. I don't know how to describe him. He's a good striker. I mean, he's a good all around fighter. Um, you know, I think Peyton said it earlier, or at least like I said before we hopped on. But he's got the tools to you know be a complete fighter. He just, it's just like he chooses not to, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I will say, uh, and I told, I told Peyton this earlier too. I was he's got the funniest knockouts in the UFC. Uh, not him getting knocks out, knocks knockouts, but rather <laughs> him getting knocked out. Um, you know, he like, he gets knocked out. Has like a Looney Tunes like ragdoll effect, and then like you know, before he even got into the UFC, uh, he got knocked out like three times in eighteen seconds. It was pretty insane. Um, yeah, I got Ankleyev winning via decision here, though. I think he could get the finish. I think either of these fighters are. Um, you know, um, could get a finish. They're very live. But I think um, Akulayov, just a better all-around fighter. But, um, man, he's a boring fighter. And I will say for what it's worth, Johnny Walker can be an entertaining fighter. He can be. It just it just really matters if he chooses not, you know, chooses to or not. Um, you know, I think his last fight against Anthony Smith, he somehow made that boring. You know, I don't know how you managed to do that, but good for you. But other fights he's had, they've been interesting. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I got Ankleyev winning via decision here. I think he's just got more power. He's a better wrestler. He can control people on the ground pretty easily. I think that's going to more or less kind of be what happens here. I think if this stays on the feet, it's going to be pretty competitive. But um, I think this is going to be another one of those boring uh, Magomed fights. 
And so, um, yeah, give me, give me Yankoleyov winning via decision here, three and zero for the Russians. Yeah, I, it's going to be hard to agree. I mean, if if you remember correctly, uh, Ankolaev, his last fight was for the title against Jan Blahovich, and it ended up in a draw. And it was a vacant belt, I do believe. I think it was from when Yuri Prohoshka vacated the belt after his injury. So, yeah, it, it's kind of hard. I mean, it's kind of shocking to think that this is his first fight since that that draw against Jan Blahovich and and really arguably he won I mean he won that fight I think mm-hmm. uh his leg kicks were freaking just disgusting I mean he he just crippled uh uh Jan Blahovich in that fight so um yeah but uh, he can win in a, a multitude of ways and uh, Johnny Walker although like uh, like Zach said um we were talking about him earlier. He he has all the tools to to be a great fighter, but it's like he doesn't take it seriously. I don't I don't know. I don't even know what to make of him. But uh, maybe if he comes out and he's more serious, he could he could legitimately be a a, a danger to Akalaya. But I just don't see it happening. I mean, this is at the end of the day, this is Johnny Walker. Uh, you, you can't trust him to do any. You can't trust him to take anything seriously. He's just a goofy dude. So. Um, yeah, give me Ankalaev, but by decision, I think he just gets a takedown each round and basically just rides it out. Yep, I agree. Uh, we'll move on to our co-main event, which was supposed to be Paulo Costa versus Kamsa Chimaev. Uh, Costa had to pull out due to an injury in his camp. And uh, thankfully, Kamara Usman... Staff infection. Yeah, Kamara Usman stepping in on short notice. Um, much appreciation to you, Kamara Usman. Uh, so yeah, Kamaru Usman plus two sixty dog going up against Kamzat Shemaev, uh minus three twenty five favorites. Um, yeah, so obviously Kamaru Usman, I um, mean, you know, like I said, legend. I mean, he was tearing through people left and right in the welterweight division. Um, and then comes Leon Edwards. Uh, he gets knocked out pretty viciously via head kick in their first fight, or uh, is that the second fight? Technically, I can't remember. Anyway, first fight. Like, well, yeah, second fight. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember. Did they fight three times or did they fight? Anyways, it don't matter. Yeah, it was a trilogy. Um, yeah. So okay, so yeah, the second fight, which was a year, a little over a year ago, uh, Kamar Usman gets knocked out stone cold. Then he comes back a few months later and loses by majority decision against Leon Edwards, and he looked terrible against Leon Edwards. He didn't look like the Kamar Usman we're used to seeing. Um, scared. Yeah, so so it's it's weird, you know. Um, and we see it all too often in the UFC. You know, the likes of I'm trying to think of someone who comes. Tony Ferguson, um, Tyron Woodley. You know, we see these these dominant fighters who just have a drastic drop off. And I'm afraid Kamar Usman's kind of on that path. Um, he's getting old and he's aging poorly. Um, throughout at least these recent years, he's been dealing with injuries left and right. His knees. Are just shredded cheese. Uh, like I said, he just hasn't looked like himself lately. And you have, I have to question. Like I said, he's you know he's doing stuff outside the UFC now, right? Like he's doing acting, he's doing the social media gigs, doing everything he has to do to get money. So I really had to question if he's like on the you know the, uh, compared to uh, Jessica Andrade, you know, um, not the OnlyFans, but just the fact that I have to question if his heart is in the game at this point in his career. Um, you know, and I feel like, you know, like I said, good for him for stepping in on this fight short notice. But I mean, I feel like if you really cared about your career, you wouldn't be stepping in on short notice against Shmaev. Um, You know, like I said, on, and on top of this, you're I think you're stepping up a decision. I'm not a decision, a division, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I believe this fight's yep. at middleweight. I know Shmaev can't make welterweight. Um, 
so yeah, so I, I don't know. Kamar Usman's going to be the smaller guy in there. Uh, I mean, not by much, but I mean, we're used to fighting at 170. Now you got to fight at 185. <sighs> I don't know. Anyways, um, yeah, Jemayev, uh, exceptional pretty much everywhere. Uh, there's not much more to say about this guy. Submission game, ground and pound, great on the feet. Uh, I got Jemayev winning via third-round knockout. I think Usman is a great takedown defense. So I think he's going to be able to stuff some of the takedowns. Um, I don't know. I just think I think this this w- short notice this is just this weight jump, uh, or I should say this div- jump up a division, a weight division. Uh, I don't know. I have to I have to Im- imagine Shemayev gets takedowns in here or there, and like I said, Usman. I think he's just been on the decline, like a really bad decline lately. Even though it's only been two fights he's lost, it's still just he hasn't he he looked terrible in this two and at least the last fight. So I don't know. Yeah, he. I mean, he was. Uh... I think I think uh, to say that he's on a decline is a little unfair. I think he was more so just kind of scared of Rocky's power in that in that second or the third meeting, I should say. Um, and that and that the fight that he ended up losing the belt, he uh, he was dominating the cards. I think he had won uh, all five rounds. Maybe maybe he lost one, but I think he had uh, he was dominating on the on the scorecards before that head kick KO. So. Um, but yeah, I mean to to say his knee is shredded cheese is just an understatement. I mean the dude was just doing an open workout at the UFC event, and he said, "Oh, I, I heard something. Something popped." I mean that's just that's not a very good look. So, um, and yeah, like you mentioned, going up a weight class is going to be very difficult for him. Because um, correct me if I'm wrong, but Rocky was the first guy to take him down. I don't, I can't remember if he came in the second meeting or the third meeting, but. Um, that was the first time Kamaru Usman had mm-hmm. been taken down inside the octagon. So, um, it'll be interesting to see how his defense stacks up against a guy who's bigger than him. Although Chemayev is kind of on the fringe of that welterweight, middleweight, uh, weight. Um, but I think yeah, he th- he's a little bit too heavy to make wel- welterweight. Mm-hmm. But he was for a while there. Um, Dana White won't ever let him do that again. Mm-hmm. But I was a little bit interested in, in, in seeing that Paula Costa fight just because Costa so much bigger than uh, Chimaev. Um I wanted to see, you know, the takedowns probably weren't going to be there. Costa has quite a bit of power for somebody in, in the middleweight division. I, I was pretty intrigued at that matchup, but sadly uh, the staph infection in Costa's arm. I, I mean, I, I'm sure you, people have seen the pictures floating around on Twitter. It, it it warranted a, a, a withdrawal from the fight. Um, so that that sucks, but it is what it is, I guess. Props to Kamara Usman for coming in on short notice, but I think like Zach said, yeah, that I mean, you're coming in on short notice against Chemayev. And as much as I don't care for Chemayev, yeah, give me another chalk up another one to the uh I say the Russians. Technically I guess he's not Russian, right? He's from United Arab Emirates, Emirati. I don't yeah, he's that, he, he's a Dubai boy, but um, UAE. Yeah, he's a, he's a Dubai boy, but yeah, um, I go agree with you. Like I said, I got Dubai winning it via third round knockout, and um, yeah, like I said, Usman just had he hasn't looked like himself lately, and like I said, I just have to. I, I don't know. Like I said, I've seen too many fighters go on declines that you know start off like the way Usman's is starting, so I just it's hard for me to imagine that he's about he's not about to have the same kind of fall off but um yeah 
Hopefully he he doesn't because he's a great fighter. Although I'm not the biggest fan of Usman either, I can respect his greatness and he was fantastic at welterweight for all those years. So, um, you know, uh, hopefully he, that fall off is greatly uh, exaggerated. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I think I am with you. I don't think it is. I think he is on the verge of falling off, especially with those knees. Yep, absolutely. Um, well, we'll move into the main event, which was. Um... You know, at first I was supposed to be uh, Charles Oliveira uh, going up against Islam Makhachev. Uh, Oliveira had a drop out. I uh, forgot why. He got cut open. And oh, that's right. Yeah, they yep. were just yep. swinging wildly at each other about a week or two ago. Yeah, that's right. Uh, had a really bad cut, and I think he had, he ended up getting like stitches from someone that wasn't like approved by the UFC, and it was going to take him like longer than what the fight was scheduled for to recover. Oh, excuse me. Anyways. Um, yeah, he had to drop out of the fight, but um, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky steps in on short notice to help save this card. And so I will say, I think both these both these fights kind of like got a got a slight level up. And um, as far as you know, competitiveness goes, I even I would be really interested to see Charles Oliveira rematch Makhachev. But um, I'm a huge fan of Volkanovsky. Anyways, moving moving on, uh, we have Islam Makhachev minus two seventy eight favorite going against Alexander Volkanovsky plus two twenty five dog. Uh, yeah, so this fight happened not too long ago, uh, so it's a rematch. Um, it feels like just yesterday this fight happened. I think it happened several months ago. Um, yeah, so if you don't remember the first fight, I'll kind of give you a rundown. It was a very close fight. I think people were kind of torn on you know who should have won. Uh, I think for what it's worth, Makachev won the fight. I think he, I would say won it handedly, but I think he he clearly won three rounds. Volkanovski clearly won two rounds. Uh, therefore, winner Makachev, right? And uh, that's how the judges saw it too. Matter of fact, one of the judges saw it uh, four to one for Makachev. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, Volkanovski has probably presented the greatest threat, uh, threat to Makachev so far out of anyone. Uh, but, you know, the first fight, Volkanovski had a longer camp. He had a bigger notice coming into the fight. Um, as, you know, had the proper weight cuts, had a proper everything. Uh, you know, and like Volk's saying in all the interviews, like he's like, oh, I'm coming off a couch. I have nothing to lose here. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. For, for your legacy, I guess, you know, people appreciate you coming off a short notice, but, I mean, I feel like this does kind of affect your legacy if you lose to him again. But, um Anyways, uh, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think Volkanovski had surgery too, like a couple months ago, like three months ago. Uh, so yeah, I think he's got even that going against him. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, as far as his attributes are concerned, great striker. Um, he looked great on the ground against Makachev for what it's worth. I mean, yeah, he got controlled, but I mean, he didn't like get submitted easily or like, you know, thrown around like a rag doll. Um, so like I said, he looked good on the ground, but he was controlled pretty easily here and there. Uh, Makashev, uh, exceptional wrestler. Um, you know, in the first fight, we kind of saw it. He played it pretty safe. He, you know, he didn't take any unnecessary risks. Because I mean, why would you do that against Volkanovski? Smart move on him. Um, but he got he got wobbled quite a few times. Um, I mean, it was sketchy pretty much every single round. And uh, like I said, that's why Makashev was playing it safe. Um, I think Volkanovski can catch him here. Uh, I think Makashev can catch Volkanovski just like you know he did in the first fight. Uh, I think Makashev's probably all around a slightly better fighter. Like I said, Volkanovski's coming up a weight class, coming in here on short notice. 
Um, you know, I think Makashev's the last fight was my Makashev's like first five round fight. And yeah, he got he gassed in that fifth round. That fifth round, he looked terrible. Um, I mean, matter of fact, he I mean, he got just about knocked out cold. Um, like I said, he just ended up flat on his back on the ground. But um, thankfully, kind of time was on his side. He wasn't able to get finished. But uh, Volkanovski was putting in that work on him. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it's hard for me to pick Volkanovski here to win um, against Makachev, who I think is just a superior fighter. Um, but yeah, I have Volkanovski winning here via decision. I think he's going to get it done. Um, you know, I think he was a little bit more timid in the first fight because he respected Makachev. You know, he didn't know what he, quite what he's getting into, obviously, other than the tape he studied. But I think now he's we're about to see a fearless Volkanovski go in there. Um, you know, I'd like to see him put more pressure on Makachev, you know, someone who's going to be more timid. Uh, I know that's probably going to lead to more takedowns, but, you know, for what it's worth, I think Volkanovski was able to get up kind of when he, not when he wanted to, but, you know, most of the time he was able to put in good work and he was able to get up. Um, and he'd move directly to the fence. Um, like I said, he uses it as his, like, buddy to get up. Uh, like I said, I think if he keep doing that, I'd like to see him chop at the legs of Makachev too. I think if he weakens the legs – um, I think that's going to get Makachev in a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble that he hasn't been in before. Um, you know, you weaken the base, the uh, the shoots and the wrestling are going to be a whole lot worse. He's not going to be able to pick you up or anything. Um, and like I said, Volkanovski was mixing in the lead kicks pretty well. And he, he, I mean, Makachev really checked none of them. So I don't know why he moved away from that. I'm, I'm curious to see what his game plan is going into the fight. But yeah, I got Volkanovski winning here via decision. Um, I think Russians take the main card four to one, but I, I can't, I can't pick against Volkanovski here. Um, you know, this is one of those things where the mind says Makhachev, the heart says Volkanovski, and in a year full of upsets, I mean upset after upset on main card, it feels like. Uh, I mean, why not take my shot here with Volkanovski becoming a double champ, getting the win against Makhachev? Yeah, uh, I got, I got to pick my boy Volkanovski. Um as well you know he's my favorite fighter probably at the moment uh but it's gonna be tough <laughs> 12 fight 12 day notice i think he was just at 181 too he had to he had to lose like 26 pounds in 12 days mm-hmm. or technically 11 days i should say um but if anybody can do it it's gonna be volk i mean obviously one of the better the best fighters in the ufc i think he's pound for pound number two right now and for what it's worth yeah i do agree that um Volk probably lost that fight last uh last go around, but it's not not necessarily that Makashev went out and won the fight. It was just kind of by uh he just kind of hugged him for for twenty minutes and then got just brutalized in the fifth mm-hmm. round. So um I think I think in that fifth round though Volkanovski kind of figured him out a little bit. I know he got gassed out, but I think Volkanovski was a lot more comfortable in there uh, after a few rounds as well. And I think uh. Hopefully that that comes back. Uh, he he's comfortable in there on Saturday night or Saturday and uh, gets gets the win. Yeah, like I, said, I mean, I think. Um, I, I mean, I want to say like maybe this this fight can be finished. Uh, I want to say more often than not, it doesn't get finished. I think it kind of plays out similarly how the first one goes. But um, I think Volkanovski he's going to be taking a little bit more risks here. So I mean, I kind of more or less expect him to kind of catch uh, Makhachev. A little bit more than he did in the first one is essentially just win more rounds. Um, you know, I think he has the ability to finish Makachev. Uh, like I say, I mean, he's been caught before, he can catch him again. And, um, you know, it's not like the super 
Makachev isn't the most technical stand-up fighter Volkanovski's fought. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, so I, I really, I really have, I have high hopes for Volkanovski. I, I mean, realistically, I, I don't think he's gonna win. I just really want him to, so I gotta pick him to win. And like I said, he's just been upset after upset. I think, I don't know if it's gonna happen. It's, it's gotta happen now. I need Volk to do this. I need him. I, I, I just, it's, it's, I need it. So yeah, Volkanovski via decision. Yep, I agree. All right. Well, that's our UFC 294 recap. Uh, Peyton, if you'd like, we can cover some college football, a little bit NFL, maybe. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so uh, let me see. I'm trying to get the schedule up here. My, Of course, the ESPN app is trash. Um, So we'll start off with the – oh, yeah. We'll, oh, never mind. I'm sorry. I have my favorite teams are, you know, all at the top. So, uh, okay, yeah, we'll start off with the morning game. Uh, actually, a game that my father-in-law is going to, Penn State at Ohio State. Um, Ohio State favored by four and a half points here. Man, it's going to be a good game. Uh, I think offensively they're pretty similar. Defensively they're pretty similar. I expect this to be uh, more of a slugfest. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be oh, man. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out who I, who I think's gonna win. Uh, I I guess I gotta go Ohio State just because they're they're at home and they've been there done that. But I wouldn't be shocked if Penn State Penn State got it done. Uh, I think four and a half a spread of four and a half is is a little is a little large uh, for my liking on this game. But uh, I mean, of course. I say I don't like spreads being super low because the chances of them winning by like a single point is it's it's not it's not typical but uh normally games like this are are like a 1.2 point spread so um but of course this is probably probably the biggest game of the week number 7 at number 3 um yeah I, give me Ohio State I agree with you there. Um, for what it's worth, I got Ohio State winning and covering the spread. As we know, great good teams win, great teams cover. Um, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I think Penn State's good. I think they're great. Even I think Ohio State's just you know just a level above them. Um, I think they can easily win this game by a touchdown or more. Um, so yeah, I got them. I got them probably winning winning by a touchdown. I mean, I see more often than. I see a lot of people, at least that I follow. I mean, they got Ohio State winning by ten or more. Um, I said, I think there's levels to this, and like I said playing at home. Um, I don't know. That just plays college football. You really just never know. But yeah, give me Ohio State to win. I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, they could win by ten, but I think it'll be kind of a slugfest, and and so it'll be. I think it'll be a. a Pretty low scoring game. I don't think it's going to be high scoring. Um, but moving on, we got Tennessee at, at Alabama. Of course, Alabama trying to uh, exact revenge on Tennessee from from last year. They're playing in Bryant Denny, Alabama, favored by nine. Man, yeah, I, I don't see Tennessee coming close in this game. Uh, Alabama's defense is it's much much too good, or way too good. Um, Tennessee's defense has been solid this year, but their offense is taking about five steps backwards. So um 
I look for this to kind of be a slugfest as well as Alabama's offense has also regressed. Um, however, I think Alabama pulls away late, probably wins by two, maybe three scores. Yeah, I agree. I think Alabama's defense, I'm usually one for saying, oh, offense is king in football, college football especially. But yeah, I think Alabama's defense is just much too good, um, as you said, to you know lose out to an offense like Tennessee's. That is uh, not a juggernaut like they juggernaut like they were last season. Now they weren't. I mean, yeah, I used to call them a juggernaut last season, but compared to this this season's Tennessee offense, they were. Um, yeah, uh, I, said, I don't. I don't think. I don't think this game is particularly close. I think the spread is just about right. Um, yeah, give me Alabama by at least a touchdown. Yep. Moving on, uh, Duke at Florida State. Florida State's favored by 14 and a half. Uh, wow. Um, Duke's been playing some really good ball lately. Obviously, their lone loss was to a, a, a really a solid Notre Dame team. And they The Notre Dame team took the lead with about 30 seconds left in the game um, and ended up holding on to it, of course. But, man, uh, that, to be favored by 14 and a half, oh, I don't know about that. I wouldn't be surprised if Duke actually pulled the upset themselves uh obviously they they dominated clemson earlier in the year being at duke campbell stadium it uh makes a difference but yeah uh I, I'm, i'll take florida state but i don't see them covering this game they've been pretty sloppy lately yeah, I have the same thoughts as you exactly. Um, you know, I think what you said was more than two, a uh, more than fourteen point spread for Florida State. Fourteen and a half. Uh, I mean, I get it. They're like they're they're a really solid team this season. Um, I know they're. I mean, they're essentially still riding the high of beating LSU. Um, a really good team. I mean, they got they got some talented cats on that Florida State team, but so does Duke. Duke is no slouch. Um, I know people are used to them being the blue blood and blue blood in basketball. But um, yeah, I think fourteen points is way too much. I still, I think Florida State wins. Um, I have no doubts about that. But but winning by more than fourteen, I highly doubt that. Uh, Duke's going to make this game very competitive. I think uh, Duke's going to continue to surprise people. Uh, they're still going to be getting their name out there. Uh, so yeah, I'd say give me Florida State by like ten or something like that. But definitely not more than fourteen. Um, you know, but I mean, you never know. College football, baby. Uh, that's the beauty I, of it. I think this is definitely a winnable game for Duke as well, though. I mean, Florida State's – they've made a lot of mistakes as of late. Um, let me look up their last few games. Uh, obviously, they are undefeated still. They played a porous Syracuse team, beat them 41-3 last week. Played a really bad Virginia Tech team the week before, beat them by 22. But before that, they they played a Clemson team that, let's be honest, they were better than and had to go to overtime with them. I, if you watch that game, the play calling – should have just enraged you on both sides. Um, And then the week before that, this was the really questionable game, the Florida State at Boston College game. Boston College is – if if anybody doesn't watch Boston College, they're not real good. Um, They should have lost to Army, but Army had a a touchdown callback for holding within – with like a minute left. Would have given them the lead and probably the win. Um, Boston College squeaked by Virginia, got doubled up by Louisville. Uh, 56 to 28 there. Um, they, they, I mean, they barely squeaked by Holy Cross and Northern Illinois beat them earlier in the year. Um, so they're not a very good team and Florida State really, really struggled with them big time. Uh, at one point it was 31 to 10 Florida State, but they let Boston College come back and, and make it a two point game and they had the ball 
they just they they couldn't do it in the, on the last drive, which is uh, of course the most important drive. But this is a game that obviously Duke can easily win. Duke's not a bad team at all. They're very physical, um, and I think a lot of people have the stigma of Duke in their head not being a football team, and I think that's what. I think that ultimately is why the spread is as high as it is. Make no mistake about it. I think Florida State is the best, better team here, but um, I just want to point out that it is definitely winnable mm-hmm. for Duke. Yep, absolutely. So, moving on from that game, uh, there was another game. Oh, well, there's a lot of games, but one game in particular. Oh, two games, two more games in particular that I wanted to cover. Uh, Michigan at Michigan State. Um, Earlier today, which was Thursday, uh, y'all will be hearing this on Friday or whenever you listen. But uh, Thursday, there's some allegations going around. Michigan was stealing signs, and and, uh, and how uh, dare a team do homework on other teams? Well, in person, they were uh, scouting people, which is illegal. Which is that's just crazy. That's just crazy. I mean, I've never heard <laughs> that's that. crazy. <laughs> Never heard uh, that, dude. I, I know. I when I saw that. the news break, I was like, "What? I was like, you can't do this." I, was, I thought this was yeah, encouraged. So I guess anybody who's like anybody who's at a like any NFL scouts at any college football games, uh, yeah, y'all are y'all are banned now. <laughs> um, any major league scouts at high school baseball games, yeah, y'all got to go. Uh, I mean, apparently you can't scout people in person. You just got to go off of film, <laughs> which is easily edited. I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Anyway, I don't think I don't think anything comes out of that. By the way, yeah, um, however, this game, the Michigan State Michigan game, is always a close one. Even last year, um, it came down to to the wire. So it, it it'll be interesting to see what happens in that game. Yeah, I, I think agree. it's always a crazy one, but I think I do have Michigan. Yes, yeah, so but there's something to be said about rivals and especially in-state rivals. Um, you know, you don't even have to be following college football to know that you know you should just hear michigan and michigan state and like oh like you, you don't even have to know much about the teams you should probably just immediately say oh that's going to be a close game and you'd probably be right um yeah granted i think michigan is obviously the much better team in every facet um every position on the field so i mean yeah they should win will it be unnecessarily close absolutely but um you know will it be a good game i can't say one way or the other um michigan may get kicked out of college football um I mean, who knows? We'll see. This should, yeah, it should be very interesting. I still can't believe those allegations. That's an actual allegation that you, um, dude, I don't know. I don't know, man. The college, I mean, man, what a joke. What a joke these organizations are, dude. I mean, NCAA really needs to get, needs to get their priorities straight. I mean, you know, they, they think just because they're giving, you know, athletes, you know, the rights to the, use their own name however they want to. You know, good for them, I guess, and I think that's like a you know cure all to all the freaking issues they've caused over the you know past years of history. Um, you know, I mean, I haven't been able to play a college football game, video game, in years because of them. Um, you know, Reggie Bush is is universally hated by them. Uh, I mean, in NCAA maybe one of the more crooked organizations. They're right up there with the IRS. Uh, I mean, oh, I mean yeah. um, who who's the uh, terrorist group that's been attacking people lately? Hamas. Yeah, yeah, they're just as bad as them. I think that's my opinion. I think they're worse. I mean, I agree. Who Hamas or uh, NCAA? Um, uh, the college football is worse. Yeah, than, I agree. 
or NCAA. NCAA yeah, the, or the organization NCAA. Um, you know, I'm not saying college football, you know, is is a terrorist organization. I'm just saying the the actual organization, I guess, that hosts and everything. I don't know how you however you want to look at it. I don't like them. I don't think a lot of people do either. I mean, I guess the same can be said about the NFL. You know, a lot of clown leagues in sports, which is unfortunate. Just let the boys play. Yep. Uh, I agree. But then moving on to my last game of the week, uh, Utah at USC. Let me let me look this up because, dude, I'm about to get pissed. Cam rising. Cam <laughs> rising. Let me look if any more news has come out on him. Hmm. Doesn't look like he's playing. Of course. <gasps> I mean, shocker. <laughs> Pretends to be shocked. He was questionable for week one. He was questionable. Like, questionable. How do you go from questionable being in week one to you, it's week eight? Week eight? You haven't played. I know, dude. Unbelievable. I mean, One of the better quarterbacks in college football. football, too. I don't get it, man. Yeah. Uh, their defense is certainly good enough to hang out, hang with uh, USC, and USC's defense is certainly bad enough to allow you uh, Utah to hang with USC, but I think USC's offense is just a little bit too good, and I think coming off of a pretty bad loss to, to Notre Dame last week, I think they're going to be, be – uh, Motivated to win this mm-hmm. one, so uh, give me USC by probably. A, I'll say ten. Yeah, because it's, especially because it's at home mm-hmm. too. I agree with you. I so try and right the ship here. I think it's a good team to do it against a good looking team. I should say. You know what I mean. Yep. And um, all right. With that being said, well, um, we can move on to NFL. Uh, talk about it for a few minutes, then wrap up the show. What say you? You good with that? Yep, I'm good. Well, I can uh, recap the game that just happened if you want. Yeah, feel free if you really want to do that. Not sure if you saw the final score. Uh, I did. Yeah, so the Saints came back, tied the game up uh, 24-24 in the fourth quarter, then got the ball back, weren't able to do anything with it. Uh, Carr went off crying on the sidelines again um, after he put together really a good drive to tie it up. But then – they had a punt back to the Jaguars. Jaguars drove down the field, scored pretty quickly. Saints then drove down to like the six yard line and then didn't come. Kamara really just carried them down the field and then Kamara didn't even get a look and on the last four pay, plays of the game. So, uh, yeah, Foster Morrow did drop a oh, it was a terrible drop. It was a touchdown. Mm. Um, he was wide open, nobody within five yards of him. Ball, I have to give Carr credit for once. Um, it was a beautiful ball. I mean, it was right in the breadbasket for Foster Morrow. He just straight up dropped it, um, and that would have tied the game. Assuming, assuming Groupie hits a extra point, which uh, that's you know that's an adventure with Groupie on the field. So, um, but yeah, uh, the Saints continue to be poverty. So, and and I am now uh, banning myself and Zach from talking about the Saints as I'm tired of them. <laughs> so yeah, we, no no more Saints on this show. Understandable, understandable. Like, so you know how it feels to be a Ravens fan, like I said, over the past few years. Uh, I don't think people really understand, understood the torment that Ravens uh, fans had to go through. Yeah, I think New Orleans fans are probably getting the closest taste to it as um as any other team could. You know, all the talent on your team and just terrible 
terrible results. Anyways, um, like, like Peyton said, we won't be talking about that much anymore. Uh, move quickly here into the sicko game, Las Vegas at Chicago. Uh, the both teams are going to be playing backup quarterbacks. Um, not, not to mention their starting quarterbacks were god-awful to begin with. Now they're moving on to the backups. Best of luck, Devontae Adams. Uh, pissed at the Raiders. Uh, womp, womp. Don't know what to say. Uh you know, DJ Moore, Towns are being wasted away because you got Justin Fields in the backfield running the show. Um, but like I said, you got backups running the show now. I don't know. We'll see. This game is going to be terrible. Uh, I don't plan on watching it yet. It's going to be on Fox. Uh, Maybe one of the, um, no, I guess Fox shows your local game. So, I mean, yeah, if you don't live within the Vegas or the Chicago area, good for you. You don't have to watch it. If you have Red Zone, uh, don't turn it off. Watch every other game except because they're going to be showing Vegas and Chicago. Um, they're going to be extending their red zone to the 50-yard line well, because the, you know either team will be lucky to get it across there. Um, I don't know. I don't know who I, who I'd pick to win. I'm, I'm not picking either of them. I'm, I mean, if, if both of them could lose, it, it happened. Yeah, I mean, I guess the tie is the closest thing to that. Uh, anyways, uh, moving on to another um, game. Should be a good game here. Uh, Detroit at Baltimore. Uh, Detroit five and one, Baltimore four and two. Um, two teams that have been looking really good to start off the season, especially Detroit. Um, you know, I, I don't know what this. I don't know what the spreads. I'm not looking at the odds here. I'm just kind of going off of what knowledge I have. Um, I'm a Ravens fan, obviously. Uh, you know, new offensive coordinator was hoping the offense would look like ten times better. It's only looked like twice as good as it used to. But you know, he's like you know, kind of stall. You Baltimore, you stall out in the red zone a lot. Not not a good look, Detroit. Um, you're starting to finally, you know, this is like your third or fourth year with Dan Campbell, I think. I can't really remember. I feel like maybe more years than that. I don't know. Anyway, it's finally paying off. Jared Goff looking good. Your running back room is solid. You got Amon Rod, Jameson Williams looking really good on your offense. Your defense is solid. Um, truth be told, I don't know what kind of competition you played yet, but I have to imagine it's sort of good to be getting on. Oh, that's right. You beat the Chiefs 21 to 20 to start out the season. And then you beat Falcons, Packers, Panthers, Buccaneers. Okay, well, hmm. okay. Well, For what it's worth, I think they are a very good Yeah, team. I think they are too. I think they are. I still think they're solid. Uh, and I, I liked them preseason. I still like them now. I just didn't realize they they kind of had a an easy, like a front-loaded schedule. Uh, I guess the opposite of front-loaded. Uh, you play three NFC South teams and the Packers. Good for you. Uh, I mean, you did beat the Chiefs, though, for what it's worth. So, I mean – and you got into a shootout with the Seahawks, and you lost. I mean, that's your only loss. I mean, you're a good-looking team overall. I still, I still believe in you. But um, the fighting Jared Goffs. Oh yeah. Um, give me Baltimore. Like I said, I'm a Ravens fan. I can't, I can't choose against them, especially in a close. I imagine it's a close game. Regardless, I feel like any the Lions and Ravens games are always super close. You know, flashback to last year, or like two years ago. And Tucker broke the hearts of Lions fans by kicking like oh, a like a sixty one. No, it was like sixty six. No, sixty six. What? Yeah, it? the first one he broke the hearts like ten years ago was a sixty one yarder. I know. Yeah, the most recent one was like sixty six or something crazy. Hit the crossbar and rolled in. Yeah. Anyway, it should be a really good game. If you can tune into that game, because that's probably the only noon game that's um of any interest. Uh, you know, other new games, Browns and Colts, eh, Bills and New England, eh, I mean, New England's a sick team to watch. Another sick team, uh, New York Giants, uh, Commanders will be facing them, eh, and the Falcons and the Buccaneers. I mean, I guess you can watch the Falcons and the Buccaneers because it's going to be, you know, interdivision rivalry there, and that should be interesting in its own sense, but I mean, other than that, you know. Interdivision. Yeah. Oh, the Falcons, I'm thinking, 
I'm thinking uh, Eagles. I anyway, <laughs> well, I am getting to that game later. I'm not going to cover every single game here. Matter of fact, I'll skip over most of these afternoon games, except the Los Angeles Chargers going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. That should be a good game. Um, yeah, I don't know. I got a uh, the Chiefs haven't looked like I said the weak wide very weak wide receiver room. Uh, Travis Kelsey is pretty much the only viable wide receiver, and he's a tight well. end. Um, what do you mean? Well, they, well you talking they, about McCall Hardman? Okay, which yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not a huge upgrade, but for what they have, it is an upgrade for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I still it's surprised. basically uh, it's basically a better handed Kadarius Tony. Yeah, I don't know. Kadarius Tony still terrible. I don't know. No one on that Chiefs offense has taken like the wide receiver one spot yet. Um, no, heck no. And like I said, unfortunately, Travis Kelsey is the wide receiver one for that team, which is pretty bad. Um, anyways, yeah, Kansas City, you know, they, they're just lucky they have Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey, or else they'd be like one in five. But, um, anyways, uh, Chargers, you know, once another one of those teams that like, you know, they look really good on paper, but they, um, I guess they're kind of the opposite yeah. of the Chiefs. They, they look really good on paper, but I mean, yeah, they just like, they, it's like, I don't know what it is with them, but like, it's like, they just can't win. It, it's just not in their blood to win. Um, yeah, it's Justin Herbert. He's trash. <laughs> I guess so. It's got to be something. I really, I'm not sold on Justin Herbert. I mean, I, I think he's a good quarterback. Um, I mean, I think he, he's, he, I think he's a flashy quarterback. I think he'll make, he'll make the plays. Like, there'll be plays that he makes to be like, holy moly. But then it's like when it really comes down, denial. It's okay. When he really, when it, when it really comes down, they need him. Fade of the universe on the line. Better went and make this drive count, or the Martians have the death beam pointed at at Earth. Give me Iguodala. You just hate that he gets compared to Joe Burrow. I think for what it's no, I actually haven't seen many Joe Burrow Justin Herbert tweets this year. Yeah, because Justin Herbert clears Joe Burrow this year. Um. Anyways, I'm which, a, which team has a better record? <laughs> I don't, neither of them have a good record for what it's worth. Neither. I think one's <laughs> even though one's only won one game. Oh, I thought the Chargers won two games. Are they? Are they one and five? I thought so, but maybe. Oh no! You know you could be right. Games. No, they're two and three. They're two and three. Okay. Yeah. And they only lost by three points to the Cowboys, and they only lost by two points to the Dolphins, mm-hmm. which I know you love me riding them, but they also lost to the Titans, which is a pretty bad look. Um, hey, I mean, even the Saints beat the Titans. Yeah, yeah, that is a good point. That is a good point. But yeah, anyway, it should be an interesting game. Um, you know, you got to imagine Los Angeles looks to you know try and get back on track here, but uh, Kansas City, you know, hopefully they figure something out on their own. So um, yeah, it should be an interesting game. Uh, another, they're, they're in the same division, right? Yeah. Um, another yeah, inter division rivalry there should be really good. Uh, should be your, your uh, you know, the afternoon game that you circle to watch. And uh, the evening game for Sunday, last game we'll cover here, uh, should be a banger. Uh, Dolphins at Eagles, uh, you know, the battle of land versus sea. Yeah, Philadelphia, uh, I'm sorry, we got Miami going into Philadelphia. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, Miami's got a super high-powered offense, but it seems to me that when they face a competent defense, they just kind of – it's kind of like, whoa, what do we do? Um, you know, uh, <laughs> so it should be interesting to see how they go up, um, how they fare against the Eagles, who uh, obviously have one of the better defenses in the league, uh, really good offense. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It should be a very interesting game. Um, Philadelphia still got something to prove. I say that because they just had their first loss. Um, but it was against the Jets, which, you know, the Jets are essentially a carbon copy of last season Jets, which is, you know, 
they're okay, but you, know, you, you lose to them, it's not a good look. But um, yeah, it, it feels. But I'll, I'll say this about that game: Philly's a tough play, place to play. Mm-hmm. Really, in any sport. I mean, uh, I know you're not a baseball fan, Zach. But the baseball playoffs are going on, and oh, man, the playoffs in the MLB are electric. I don't care what you say. But um, yeah, Philly's. I mean, insanely difficult to win at. In baseball as well, and uh, in hockey, I'm pretty sure too, from what I've heard. Um, I could be wrong there. I don't keep up with hockey that much, but the Flyers um, blow. Okay, well, when they were good, weren't they like really good at home? I don't know. They were never but... good. They they, they just got a hockey team like four years ago. The Flyers. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, no. Anyway. Um. He got me all messed up. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, the point yeah, is – James Harden don't want to play there anymore for a reason. Yeah. The, the Philly is just an incredibly hard place to to play. The home field advantage that those fans give is, is unbelievable. So, I, I'll take the Eagles in that one. Yeah, I will as well. Uh, like I said, Phil, like you, you hit the nail on the head. I think, obviously, home field advantage is going to have a lot to say. Um, in this game, uh, I think Philadelphia, one of the tougher places to play. Uh, Philadelphia, super tough team. Like I said, Miami, the one good team they faced this season. Um, and they, they, I mean, they didn't, they didn't completely poop the bed, but I mean, they came close. I mean, they let up 48 points against the Bills, which, you know, no, no fault. I give them a pass as the Buffalo Bills, but you only score 20 points against them whenever you just, you know, you have like the highest powered offense in the league. Oh, well, you can, you, can, you know, I know you can't make quick work. Are the Bills' defense? Oh, no, because they have, like, two good players. Yeah, have fun against Philadelphia's defense. Yeah, so give me Philadelphia to win that game. And uh, what should be a good one? That, uh, finally a good uh, Sunday night game. That's what I'm talking about. But um, you have any final thoughts, Peyton, before we wrap up here? Uh, yeah, I'll cover the baseball playoffs real quick. Yeah. Uh, we are in the championship series of that. Um, so the winners of the two championship series obviously meet up in the World Series. Um, the Rangers took a pretty commanding lead on the Astros, a 2 nothing lead, but the Astros just a few minutes ago were able to knock the series back up to two, um, winning both at, at in Arlington. Which uh, So the road team is now undefeated in that series, which is uh, pretty, pretty unusual. Um, and then... The Phillies also took a pretty commanding 2-0 lead on the Diamondbacks, but dropped uh, the game in Arizona today, yes, tonight on a walk-off. So th- that series is now 2-1. Again, it's in, it's, it is also in Arizona right now. So uh, let's see if the Diamondbacks could, uh, could scratch and, and claw their way back to a series tie and bring it back to Philly tied up. But like I just said, Philly hasn't lost at home. This postseason, so yeah, good luck. Is there who does Bryce Harper play for? The Phillies. <sighs> Let's go, Phillies! Come on. Oh, and uh, <laughs> you'll love this, but uh, you know who's been going off the last two weeks? Castellanos. Castellanos. I saw. I saw. Yeah, as soon as um, like the terrorist threats or whatever. The, as soon as Hamas, yeah, Hamas started. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love when people say Cassianos hits a home run. You have to check on your family. <laughs> you just you just never know. I mean, dude, he has an uncanny ability to hit home runs when just times are horrible. <laughs> it all started with the, and that'll be a uh, what was it, three one ball game, or what? And that'll make it a four one ball yeah. game. 
I don't know if I'll, if I'll ever put the Saints um, on again. There's a deep drive to left field by Castellanos. That'll make it a four to one ball game. <laughs> Classic all time sports moment. That and the um, death beam at Earth. Give me Eagle Dollar. Um, Give me Eagle Dollar. <gasps> what did he say? <laughs> oh, man. There's some iconic oh, moments. Man. Oh yes, but oh, yeah. So the baseball playoffs. If you're if even if you're not a fan of baseball, they are electric. So I I recommend uh, everybody to watch them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't blame you. So I'll, I'll definitely have to tune in too. I'm not the biggest fan of baseball, but yeah, you gotta got got to watch it. But um, yep. So I think that's all I got though. Yeah. Um, I will say one thing. Uh, Formula One returns this weekend, and yes, they are in Texas. Oh, howdy, boy. Um, Circuit of the Americas, one of the most anticipated races of the season. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to attend it next year. It's a whole lot of money, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, Where's it at? Uh, Austin, Texas. Okay. Austin, Austin, Texas. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Just, you know. But yeah, Circuit of the Americas, like I said, one of the premier racetracks um, in America. Um, but yeah, it's definitely. I'm sure you'll probably see on social media. Um, ESPN is probably going to be deep throating them now that they're back in the United States. So I'm um, just keeping a lookout for that. If you see any race race and car drivers, for Stappen, for Stappen, same thing. Whatever. Yeah, he is. He's Dutch. So I mean, yeah, you say it however you want. Um, yeah, this is America, boy. <laughs> well, I think I think that's why I say it for Stappen. I think that maybe you no, know, he says his own name for Stappen. Um. I don't know. Anyway, he's wrong. Anyways, only one American driver, and he sucks, bro. He's the worst. But um, oh well. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he'll finish the top ten or something. But, um, Is it a woman? He might as well be. <laughs> oh God. He's terrible. Dude, I'll tell you, dude. He's he's the the manufacturer he drives for. He's cost them millions of dollars. You want to know why he always crashes their car? Always. Oh, if he's man. not crashing the car, he's finishing last. So like he's not making he's costing the money and not making them any money because he doesn't finish mm. in a place that warrants you money. So anyway, he's winning. He's winning this race now that you said that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome if he won in America. Um, I, I don't think it happens. Obviously, I just I'd be like, oh, field advantage. <laughs> what the f is a kilometer? <laughs> just put them in Houston traffic. They won't know what to do with themselves. <laughs> oh no, absolutely not. But, um, yeah, I have to imagine Verstappen gets another win. Uh, how boring, I know. But um, very dominant. Who could have predicted that? <laughs> very dominant guy. But, yeah, anyways, um, that's all I have. Peyton, are you good? Yep, I'm good. Thank you all, all right. for listening. Yeah, thank you all for listening. As always, I'm Zach with my co-host Peyton. This is the Easy Peasy Show. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. Peace.